This episode of the Policing Matters podcast is sponsored by LexisNexis Risk Solutions. Learn more about how the accurate virtual crime center can help you solve more crime and find non-obvious connections at risk.lexisnexis.com backslash A-V-C-C. You're listening to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. Well, welcome back and thanks for tuning in. And we know that drones in policing is not a brand new concept as most agencies are using them in a variety of situations, but a couple of agencies are taking the use of drones in policing to a different level, (laughs) pun intended. Today, I'm speaking with Captain Don Redman and his unique approach to using drones in policing situations. He's the OIC of the Drones as First Responder or the DFR program at Chula Vista. Welcome, Captain Don Redman. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for having me. So so Captain Redman began his police uh, law enforcement career in 1996 as a Chula Vista Police Department uh, sponsored recruit in the San Diego Regional Academy. Currently, Captain Redman oversees support operations consisting of the 911 Police Communication Center, Technology, the City Jail, the Professional Standards Unit, the Chief's Advisory Committee Liaison, and the UAS Operations. Captain Redman holds a Master's of Arts degree in Administration Leadership from the University of Oklahoma, a Master's Certificate in Criminal Justice from the University of Virginia, and a Bachelor of Arts degree in education from San Diego State University. He's a California Post Command College graduate, and he's been to the prestigious FBI National Academy. He's a published author in Police One Magazine, the FBI NAA Magazine, and was contributing writer to the California Post De-Escalation Strategies and Techniques publication, He's an adjunct community college instructor and a post-master instructor. Wow, you're kind of busy. Yes, I am. <laughs> so not only that, but um, you, in Chula Vista, which is uh, on the small side, as, as half of the agencies in America are, um, you, you're turning out uh, to be the hub of technology. And I, and I want to ask you about that. But As I mentioned in the introduction, some agencies have been using drones in policing situations, mostly um, search and rescue operations, or they get to high points not accessible by ground, or when air ops are not an option or otherwise uh, unavailable. Um, But they're really um, at the, the mercy of the operator, right? The sight line operator who's got the controls like a like a recreational drone operator but you you do it different how, how do you do it in uh chula vista yeah um so so back in 2018 uh the uh ipp was created the integration pilot program which was uh president trump at the time uh directed the faa to um, work on a way to figure out how to integrate drones into the public airspace safely. So the IPP was corrected, uh, was was um, created, and ten cities in the in the country were for, um, were part of the IPP, and the city of San Diego was one of them. Uh, Chula Vista Police Department became part of the IPP, and at the time there was a startup company called Cape, which was doing a geofence live streaming technology through drones. 
And so we thought, wouldn't it be great if we could nest drones throughout the city and be able to launch drones immediately for any emergency, for any call for service, we could launch a drone immediately and live stream that um, aerial footage directly to our officers in the field. So we uh, became part of the IPP. The IPP had, you know, like Uber Eats. They wanted to, you know, drop off your burrito for lunch. They had different hospitals. Uh, um, you could imagine uh, Amazon, some technology. So uh, we hit the ground running with that. And um, we are uh, right now at about 4,300 missions that we fly every single day, uh, seven days a week, 10 hours a day um, from two launch locations. Yeah, so I learned about your program from picking up the New York Times, and I read about your article, a couple of photos of you and, and another um, member operating the drone. But the, the biggest difference I saw was that you have a, an AI, an artificial intelligence program that essentially makes the drone autonomous to some degree. To some degree, yeah. So the the um, the software allows the uh, teleoperator. So so we we have the drones in two locations um, on the rooftops. They're they're prepped, ready to launch at any moment. Um, we have a pilot in command on each rooftop with that that drone who has manual control of the drone at any time. We have a teleoperator who is the police officer who is actually inside the station, who's monitoring incoming 911 calls, calls for service. And when he uh, sees, here's a call that he thinks that the drone could be a benefit, he immediately launches. And he doesn't have to fly the drone there. He can just put in an address. He can drop a point on the map and the drone will launch and fly to that point. And then once he's on scene, he can take control of the drone and you know use the aerial coverage. And then once he's done, he just hits a return button and the drone comes back to base. And you have two drones and how many pilots and, and how are they trained? So we have, um, actually we have seven um, drones for, for our drone as a first responder and we probably have about another dozen uh, tactical drones. Um, we see the UAS program as kind of a three-pronged approach. So, um, you know, 99% of agencies that have drone programs, um, they have the drone in the trunk um, where the, the officer shows up on scene thinks that uh, the drone will be um, a benefit, whether it's uh, you know searching for a subject, looking on rooftops, um, or maybe mapping. Maybe there's a, a collision or something that they wanna map that scene, so they launch the drone, they, they put it back in the trunk. We have those officers also. And then on top of that, we have our drone as a first responder. So we have about 15 pilots, um, two dedicated full-time um, police officers that are our drone as a first responder pilots who their their 40 hours a week is flying the drone. Wow. And where do they get trained? So all of our pilots are part 107 trained. So they go through the FAA um, pilot certification program so that they know the rules and regulations. Um, and then we additionally, we go through a post-certified course um, that you know has better training and understanding of um, the drone usage, and then we do ten hours of training per month um, to maintain um, their abilities. Yeah. So in the article, um, they talked about a situation where you had, I believe it was a robbery suspect, and he ran through a garage, and then. Um, you know, that would otherwise defeat the, the drone, right? I mean, the drone's overhead, but then 
somewhere along the line, it reads as if the drone um, guesses where he's going to come out and picks him up again, follows him and directs the um, officers on the ground to successfully grab him and arrest him. Yeah, so um, that's actually the ability of our, our teleoperators. They, they've become very good um, at flying the drones, and it's all via keyboard, really, uh, down in the, in the control room. Um, we have flown over 4,300 missions um, in the last two years, mm -hmm. and we're uh, currently working with the FAA to expand our program citywide for another uh, three more locations to give us 100% coverage. Um, the officers who are flying these drones have been very proficient. So they, um, they're, they're not just pilots, they're police officers. So they anticipate what a person's going to do. They, they are street cops. They know, you know, where they're going to hide, where, where they're going to run to. And, and so they can anticipate what's going to happen when, when some of these suspects don't even know what's going to happen. Okay, so we're not at the advanced AI yet where we push a button, let them go, and they do the, all the work. We still need good, hardworking, smart so cops. Yeah, there are drones out there that that does that. Um, currently, the technology is not quite there. It's almost there where we can tag a person or a, or a car. There's some smaller drones that that do have that AI technology um, where um, you you can just through the viewfinder you tag them and that drone will follow follow them wherever they go. Um, the drones that we're currently using they're not quite at that at that level yet, but I anticipate within another year or so they'll be there. Well, that's great. Yeah, it reminds me of the movie, uh, the Tom Cruise movie, Minority Report, where absolutely, absolutely. the robots are taken over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, glad to know that it's not quite there yet, but uh, maybe we're getting there. Um, so, of course, um, you know, no, no good deed goes unpunished, and you have detractors from outside, and they're, you know, I hate to say it, but they're the usual suspects, right? Who's Who's against uh, any innovation in policing? Uh, can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. So when we were looking at um, beginning this uh, program, uh, we, we like to tell the story that uh, we, we had a UAS program for about a year before we ever bought a drone. So we spent that year um, reaching out to our stakeholders. We met with our public officials. We did community events. We met with the ACLU. We developed policies. We developed a website that put all of this information on the um, our department website for, for our community to review so that they knew when we would use the drone and when we wouldn't. We made it very clear that um, through our DFR program, we do no surveillance. We do no proactive policing with the drone. We only launch a drone if there is an emergency, if there is a call for service that where the, the aerial view would be benefit to the officers on the ground or firefighters for that matter, we will launch the drone. So we've been very, very um, fortunate that we have the trust of our community. Um, we're constantly doing uh, media. We, we are um, doing tours. We have schools come through and, and see our, uh, our program. The media is always looking at our program. And we've had really positive um, success with, with the story because we've maintained the trust with our community. That's great. So, yeah, you're staying ahead of the game by making it reactive rather than proactive. And... Um, it's great that you mentioned that it's a year in the making before you put hands on on a drone. And so now uh, I teach policy at, at my university, uh, police and public policy. And it's a great example of how uh, last week I saw on our PERF um, updates, PERF um, uh, did a link to the DOJ program on starting a drone program. And you're right there as an advisor 
So no agency has to start from scratch. They can learn from others' mistakes. Um, what can you tell us about how the work went into developing the policy? So, uh, you know, it was interesting when you're, you know, two years ago, we were, we were figuring this out on our own. So a big part of it is listening to the community, listening to um, our public officials, our, our community, ACLU, the different stakeholders, what they wanted, what they didn't want, what the, the, the support that we would maintain. Um, since then, as you said, PERF came out um, with, through the COPS, um, so, you know, effective unmanned aircraft systems starting it. Um, and another uh, droneresponders.org is a huge um, a resource for all public safety when I highly encourage, um, which is a free resource. If you go on there, you can log in and they got a lot of resources for agencies that want to start a, a UAS program and, and how to get waivers and different types of equipment. And there's all kinds of um, very good uh, resources in that, that area. Okay, so um, we're going to get into this but I'd like to pause briefly to acknowledge our sponsor. Accurate Virtual Crime Center helps accelerate your investigations by finding connections between public records and nationwide law enforcement data with just one search. With cutting edge analytics and data linking, law enforcement personnel can get a comprehensive view of people's identities. Evidence-based policing allows them to better target investigations, generate leads and solve crimes. Using nationwide crime data, they can also detect patterns, predict upcoming events, and deploy resources efficiently. Accurate Virtual Crime Center helps police agencies be more effective in protecting and serving their communities. To learn more about Accurate Virtual Crime Center, visit risk.lexisnexus.com backslash AVCC. And we're back and I'm speaking with Captain Donald Redman, Don Redman of the Chula Vista Police Department in California and his robust drone air operations. And uh, anyone out there listening thinking they're going to go to the Walmart, grab a couple of drones off the shelf, uh, you can tell us it's different, right? I mean, you mentioned uh, to me off, off script that we're talking about $35,000 per drone. Is that right? Well, it, it, so we always get the um, people reach out to us, agencies reach out to us. What's the best, what's the best drone? What is the, um, you know, best program? And, and it's like, um, we, we always use the analogy. Um, if you're going to remodel the kitchen, what's the best kitchen? Well, what is it that you're going to use your kitchen for? Right? So we, we point out that for us, we have um, a lot of different drones in our in our fleet. Um, we use a um, Matrice 300 for our DFR program because of the, um, we have three nautical miles. We can go beyond visual line of sight with that drone. Um, and really the connectivity and the camera is really what um, makes our program so successful. When you're at 400 feet, we have a max ceiling of 400 feet. The camera can zoom in, we can see license plates, we can see what's um, in people's hands. Is it a gun? Is it a lighter? What is it for the, for the de-escalation and that the officers can see? So that gets, those are, those are very expensive. You know, they've, mm -hmm. they've got about a 40 minute flight time, uh, which is very beneficial because when we get over, overhead, we need that drone to, to, to stay on, on point for a while. But then you've got the smaller drones, the tactical drones, you have indoor drones, um, you've got drones that can, are better at night, you have some drones that have autonomy that um, won't, won't run into the, the walls and trees and can avoid different things. So really dependent on 
understanding what you're going to use your drone for, your UAS. Once you've figured out exactly what your program is going to look like, then you can start researching which is the best UAS platform for, for, your, for your agency. If you're just going to do crime scene mapping, then there's a certain type of drones that you should look at. If you're going to just going to do indoor tactical um, room clearing, then there are different types of drones for that. Or is it the tactical where you're going to launch them out of the, the trunks of your car to look on rooftops and search backyards or, or search and rescue? Then obviously there are different drones for that. It just depends on your preference and your policies. Yeah, and, and are there apps being developed just for drones, like something like a ground level total station that would map out an area for you? There, there is the technologies, the, the UAS technology is expanding as we speak. It's, mm -hmm. it's huge and I, um, there are a, a number of different uh, vendors and uh, resources out there um, that you're really, you're going to have to do the legwork um, on your own for the most part. Like I said, if you um, if you look at the droneresponders.org site or the the PERF uh, website, um, the FAA also has some um, resource information on there to, for you to get your COA or your waivers. I really would encourage you um, to look at those sites, but first you really need to sit down and with the stakeholders and make sure everybody knows what you're going to do with these UAS. Mm. Uh, privacy is huge. Uh, we never want to violate our community's privacy. And once you start doing, you know, launching drones, um, if you haven't give, given your, your community the heads up that you're doing this, um, it can come back and be a negative part for your agency. For sure. And, and you mentioned uh, the ACLU uh, earlier, and and I talked about uh, pushback from maybe civil libertarians. Have there been any legal challenges for specific cases where drones were used? Any Fourth Amendment search issues? Not not for us. Um, we've really had positive, you know, knock on wood. Um, we've we've like I said, we've flown um, over forty three hundred missions. Um, in the time that I've managed it, I think I've had two people call uh, with complaints because they saw drones over their house. Um, we, uh, on our website, um, you're able to see the, the drone path. And I, and I explained to them like, um, well, here, here was the call for service. Um, and I explained it was a, a, a person with a knife running through your neighborhood and the drone was looking for that person. And the woman um, who the called and complained said, oh my God, okay, now I know why the police were there. I thought the drone was, was you know, looking in my backyard. That makes sense. Thank you very much. And we've even had times where if they still don't trust us, we'll, we're happy to bring them in and show them the drone footage um, yeah. and why the drone was launched and explain to them the call for service. Like I said, if you're going to see a Chula Vista Police Department drone in the air, it's because there's some sort of an emergency that we're responding to. Well, that's great. That's a great strategy. And and I'm sure it, it, uh, it builds trust within your community. So if someone's looking to start a program, well, we know they can go to COPS office and to PERF and they can get to the links that you mentioned. Um, then it comes down to cost. And did you get any outside support uh, from the government, any grants out there? No. And that's been really, it's been the interesting part in the last two years is um, the, the challenges we've, um, we've 
put in for a number of different grants and and I think the stigma of drones in the airspace is 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 just now I think the tide is starting to turn a little bit that um, people see that it's not a surveillance tool that it's a that has positive safety impacts for the for the um, the community uh, we've been very fortunate in that uh, our, our chief chief Roxana Kennedy has been a huge supporter of this program from day one as as our um, elected officials they see the benefit of it uh, we had the, the fortune of having a, a, uh, an asset seizure that was of, of, of a lot of money that we were able to fund this program for the last year and a half. Mm -hmm. And we're hoping uh, moving forward that um, when we expand the program to citywide, that, that it'll be a budgeted program moving forward. Yeah, it's great. Great strategy. So like I said, Chula Vista is not a, a huge town, but uh, I read a couple other articles. You guys are branching out and, and really using technology to your advantage. I'd love to talk to you at another time about some of the other programs you have. But um, wh what is it that um, has you so involved in researching technology? You have good support? Who's, who's the drive behind all of it? It's really kind of the, the perfect storm. So we're, a, I consider the uh, city of Chula Vista that we're a mid-sized agency. We have about 200, we're approved for 270 officers. Mm. Um, so we're not a huge agency that we're so big that we can't um, shift and, and enter, introduce new technology, but we're not a really small agency that we can't develop technology. So we're that perfect size. Additionally, uh, we, we were very fortunate in having a really robust, strong IT um, support who are visionaries. And we have a chief of police who is very much a, a visionary as to seeing how um, you know, the national message is, hey, we need to look at things. How do we do things differently? We can't keep doing um, our same job. The community is asking us to um, look at ways for de-escalation and, and better, um, you know, uh, serve our, our community. So we've taken that to heart. We've really kind of gotten outside of our comfort zone and um, researched and de developed new technology to do that. The, the running joke in, in patrol is like, oh, here we go. Let's, what is this going to be? And, and our officers now, um, they, they welcome it. They welcome the technology. They know that we're not going to roll it out until it's ready for them. We do a lot of beta testing. Um, and once it rolls out, it just becomes integrated within their daily operations. Awesome. Well, there are so many advantages and few drawbacks to drones um, and really take some of the danger out of uh, high-risk search warrants or searching for armed suspects, uh, getting out ahead of police officers. I saw a, a, a graphic that showed in the future, I think the future is here, but in the future, cops running into a situation with drones leading the way overhead. So I, I don't think we're too far from that. Um, any final words, any final advice for our listeners out there? Yeah, the, the, what I would inc really encourage you is um, when you decide to um, create a UAS program or expand your UAS program, um, really know what is your goals for this UAS program and make sure that you vet it with all your stakeholders ahead of time. Um, every, every vendor, software vendor, drone vendor, they're going to tell you that their drone is the best drone out there. Um, and they may very well be for a specific purpose. Um, but you want to make sure that you get the right one for your, um, for your, your, your department and for your community. Um, make sure your, your uh, pilots go out and they get certified. They get the training. You go through the proper process through the FAA for your waivers or your COAs. 
and um, really um, look at the program as being implemented into day-to-day -day operations. It shouldn't, the drone shouldn't just sit on your, on the shelf somewhere in the back room at your police department. Our, our UAS operators, they take them out in their trunks of the car every single day. And then we have our ones, our DFR ones that are, are staged and ready to go. We're averaging about uh, 90 seconds to two minutes from moment we hear the 911 call till we're overhead um, live streaming video. So wow. we've been able to catch a lot of, uh, a lot of bad guys with this. And it was interesting yesterday, we uh, saw, we were looking for a murder suspect and uh, saw him in the park and our drone was overhead and watched him uh, for about 15 minutes while the officers gotten ready. And they, he never knew the drone was above him watching him the entire time. And the officers could see where he was in the park and had their game plan and swooped in and were able to grab him. And he never even saw, uh, knew that they were there. Wow, that's great. That's great. Well, thanks for taking time to share your drone program. And in policy, as, as we always say, why reinvent the wheel? Often, if you're looking at a program or a policy, somebody's already done it. And clearly, you have. You have an exemplary program. Uh, how can you be reached or where can people see uh, your program? Do you have YouTubes up? Um, what if other agencies have questions about starting or adjusting their program? So I really would encourage you to look on our department website, Chula Vista Police. If you just Google Chula Vista Police Department drones, it'll probably take you right to our, our um, web page. It's on our city, um, our police department page. Um, we have our policies uh, listed listed on, on that web page. Um, the whole history of our UIS program, including a dashboard that updates every single day that shows all of our drone flights and how quick you know, um, our response times. Um, and it has our drone fleets, which drones that we currently use for, for uh, our UAS operations. And then I would encourage you, as I said, to look at these other resources. Um, and then um, you can always send an email to us. I, I hesitate because I get a lot of emails, um, but we are always happy to, to help. But I, I encourage you to first, please do, do your legwork and, um, uh, and uh, you know, look at the resources. And if that still isn't enough, then please reach out to us. We're happy to um, help. And we probably give tours um, constantly of our DFR program. We have agencies from all over the country and actually all over the, the world um, come and tour our uh, DFR program. And um, we're, we're happy to, to, to show off what we're doing and, and see kind of the, the next uh, generation of law enforcement. Well, that's great. And it's, uh, it's really great of you and your department to take the time to bring the rest of us up to, to, to snuff and, and up to speed on, on the drone issues and the, the setting up of the, um, the UAS operations. So best to you, Captain Don, I was going to say Donald, but I know it's Don, Don Redmond, Chula Vista Police Department. Uh, thanks so much for spending your day with us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay. And to our listeners, thanks again for listening. Do you have drones at your agency? Are you looking to start up a program? Um, why not take a look at what Chula Vista does? Take a look at the PERF announcement, the COPS grant, and the descriptions. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a line at uh, policingmatters at police1.com. Email us at policingmatters at police1.com. I've been your host, Jim Dudley. Stay well, and thanks for your service. <laughs>